Welcome to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast where seeing things differently inspires limitless possibilities. This podcast is being brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Limitless was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community in order to show the world that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the executive director and founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marsley. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. I'm your host, Sean Marsley, and we have another exciting episode for you this week. Uh, I'm actually going to give up the the leadership reins to our producer, editor, Rob Minot, to ask us some questions because we are talking about a documentary that was just made about me. And... Um, Given that I am one of the subjects of the documentary, it's sort of weird for me to be asking the question. So welcome, Rob. I'm going to turn it over to you to introduce the rest of our guests. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thanks for giving me the opportunity to to be on the uh, on this episode and to talk about the movie because I'm telling you, I love this movie. I, I just recently watched it again, fully admit. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really jazzed to talk about it. And I have like a zillion questions, so I hope you guys don't mind. Awesome. Uh, well, listen, we're really, really thrilled to have joining us today uh, the filmmakers themselves. Uh, we have Candice and Jagger joining us. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hi. And also, also, as if that wasn't enough, we also have, of course, a couple Hello. of the stars of the movie. We have Sean, who you've met, and Ginny. Welcome, Ginny. Thanks, Rob. Okay, well, let's um, let's start out by just giving us maybe a little bit of a snapshot and tell us a little bit about how this whole project came together. Sure, this is Candice. Uh, yeah, so it was a project that really started about a year ago and actually probably a little bit longer. Uh, so we are uh, proud, proud parents of uh, our oldest son named Cassius and he has a visual impairment and we got connected with, uh, through Sean uh, to attend a Blind Beginnings parent support group. And we learned so much about the importance of having a support group in an organization like Blind Beginnings. And most importantly, I uh, learned more about Sean and her story. And about a year ago, there was a program from TELUS called Story Hive to help uh, budding filmmakers um, really kickstart a passion project, which would be a, a short film about uh, a local hero. And this was during the pandemic. And so none other than Sean was really someone that I really wanted to feature and who was inspirational for us. And so we pitched it. And it was actually, we had a different title uh, last year, but uh, we came to the title Through My Eyes because we found through filming, uh, documenting her story is that this is her perspective, but not only her perspective, but the people that we interviewed, the families that she's touched. And it was also our perspective in terms of how uh, we really uh, came to become more um, supported through the organization and helped us through raising our son, Cassius. Yeah, that was really good. That, that, that summarizes the initial part of it. That was the fuel that, I guess you could say, lit the fire. And aside from that, it was just Sean's interesting story. And then again, after Sean's interesting story, we realized that there are so many other amazing stories 
um, in this community, and we wanted to feature as many as we could. So can you speak a little bit about what that process with uh, TELUS and StoryHive was like? Like, was it a, is it a big application process and fairly complicated? And, and what kind of support did they actually offer you guys? Good, yes. It was actually not easy. It was like submitting a application for like scholarship or something. It, it took me about a couple weeks. Well, it took both of us a few weeks. But not only did we have to submit an application that would uh, provide our background, kind of like the, the story treatment, um, the people that we'd like to interview, their biography, but we had to feature a one-minute pitch video, which we had to turn around in a week. So we called up Sean. Said, Sean, could you could you like carve out a, a portion of your day to for us to come into your house in the middle of the pandemic to film you and your family? <laughs> <She> said, <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure, no problem. <laughs> And so we did. We we uh, we we actually captured the first ever blind beginnings baking um, a Zoom um, baking class, which was really cool. And and we made brownies. Well, you made brownies. We just filmed you. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, in terms of that, uh, after you know, we it took about five months until we actually got an answer. So we didn't know until February of this year. And from that, it gave us, uh, they gave us not only some funding, which was just a small amount of funding, the rest of it, we really had to use what our knowledge and our, our, our own skill set and our equipment. But we had a mentor and resources through um, TELUS, Creative BC and National Screen Institute to help guide us through the, the filmmaking. I mean, StoryHive puts this, this um, application process out to BC and Alberta. Is that right, babes? I think it's BC and Alberta. Mm -hmm. And there's like hundreds of people that enter this and we, we can't, we, we, we did the first cut of the, of the pitch of the trailer video. And it was like, is it, is it really going to get the funding? Like that was the big question for us. And we kind of sat in limbo for like how many months before we did. We, and by that time, I think we even gave up. We're like, I don't think they're going to sit. I don't think we're going to get the, the answer. I don't think we're going to get it. And then all of a sudden one day in like February of the next year, they're like, we got it. And that was like a yeah. super, super exciting. I called Sean. I said, Sean, I got to call you. And I was screaming into your phone, leaving a voice message. And <laughs> <laughs> But tell them how many applications there were and how many they selected, because I feel like that's a testament to, you know. Yeah, the there was a few hundred applications and only um, 20, uh, uh, I guess, submissions were selected uh, in BC and Alberta. So 40 altogether. So we were yeah. 20 in BC selected. So what kind of constraints did they have on you? So in, in terms of like, say, runtime, for example, were you, did you, did it have to be around like the half an hour mark or was it kind of wide open? It was wide open, but uh, as a filmmaker, every minute is, is, is a lot of footage time. So basically we had about 50 hours worth of footage and we boiled it down to 25 minutes and that's because, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're finding the story as we as we film it because it's a documentary. So um, the constraints was that they didn't have one. You could you can have it for an hour, but we wanted to fit into a, a, a half an hour segment on cable potentially. So um, that would also include um, commercials and everything. So we are in a sweet spot, about 25 minutes. You think this is going to be on TV one day? It is. It's going to be on TELUS. <laughs> well, I know, I know, yeah, I know the TELUS channel, but like actual, like, yeah. I think what we're, what we're learning is that like, we, when, we, when we set out to make this video, we're like, we didn't really know who we were going to touch or affect or how it was going to be released. 
And now what we're learning through the screening that, you know, we had a screening last week, Sean, that you and Blind Beginnings organized an official movie screening mm-hmm. through through things like that, like the official movie screening and then through our friends and family and then through other people that are reaching out to us now, we're realizing that like this has a, a bit more legs than we thought it was going to have and, uh, and a bit more of a reach, potential for a reach. So we're excited now. Like it's like there's lots more opportunity that we're realizing um, just to spread the word. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. so great. Sean, what... What was it like when they first approached you for the project? I mean, did you, cause I know like for me, like if someone approached me and said, Hey, I want to make a documentary of my life. I'd be like, it's going to be a really boring documentary for one, but, <laughs> but, but, but like, what was, what was kind of your initial internal reaction? Yeah, it's a weird, I mean, I, so I always sort of look at things through the lens of will it help promote blind beginnings, which for me is kind of the the primary goal usually. Um, so I was absolutely willing. Um, we weren't really clear on what exactly how the story was going to unfold or what the focus was going to be, but I knew that it would be tied to blind beginnings in some way and it would be an opportunity to get our name out there, hopefully. And if I'm truly honest, I do love being the center of attention and <laughs> I'm not, I'm not shy about, you know, sharing my life. I feel like I do that in my job all the time. And if sharing my story helps other kids and teens and parents, then it's totally worth it. So, and, and I'm also like super passionate about educating people about the capabilities of people who are blind. So it's sort of like, well, win-win. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to do this. So I'm going to put the same question out there to Ginny. Um, Ginny, like how did, how, what about you? Like, what was your reaction? Were you a little bit freaked out? it was I felt like it was a great opportunity to kind of get back and I was just I don't know I didn't really uh, know right at first uh what was going to happen because originally they just uh Candace and Jason had just approached me about um a possible interview and then we had a bit of a pre-interview so I actually didn't really know what it was going to really look like um until um the project was final uh kind of finalized in its funding stages and they're like, oh, we got it. Um, so can you shoot on this date? And I'm like, I'm leaving because I was leaving to the States um, that week. So we, I kind of had to fit it in. Um, and I, I'm kind of glad that I was just like a small portion because I don't know. My life is pretty boring as well. So I agree with you there. Like if someone approached me, I would say my life is pretty boring. But when it comes to blind beginnings, um, like, Sean said like you know there's a lot to share there especially because of the experiences I've had um and because it has been such a big part of my life so yeah I think it was um definitely something that I would totally do again if asked um just because you know giving back and sharing those experiences to help other parents and youth and kids so I, I want to sort of go back a little bit and and back up to where you were talking about like all the all the footage that you shot, you know, 50 hours of footage. That's that's, you know, an incredible amount of footage to be going through, you know, especially when you're building something that, you know, is going to be like around the half an hour mark. Um, but I but I also I mean, I'm a big fan of documentaries. I watch them all the time. Um, and it's really easy when you watch a, a well put together documentary to it's easy to forget that you 
filmmakers don't necessarily always have a concrete story when they go in and they start making it. And so I'm kind of fascinated about about that process and and how this how the story sort of takes shape through just tons and tons of of footage. Can you speak a little bit about about you know some of the challenges that that it that you had in terms of like building the the sort of the story arc of the documentary? Oh yes, definitely. Um, yeah, challenge was definitely a big one for us. Um, I think, first of all, I just want to say to Sean, to Ginny, to Maria, and to Alina that were also part of the movie, um, thank you for trusting us with your story because we didn't know where we were going with um, the storyline um, from the beginning, middle, and maybe even towards the end. We were like, is this what we want to say? But we were kind of all, you know, just kind of trusting our gut, um, Jagger and I. But in terms of uh, when we're filming, we originally set out to do a story, which we was part of our treatment for the um, for Tell Story Hive. The pitch was that we were going to do Sean and her um, journey through COVID and and doing these um, uh, virtual programming and how that was going to pan out and how would that would impact uh, Blind Beginnings in terms of funding and and the community that. She serves. So that was the original um, storyline. And then as we were filming her and hearing her story, we we're like, wait, that's that's not interesting at all. She's interesting. Her story is the most interesting. And um, and so we kept being asked, we kept asking her to come back. And Sean, can we come back? Sean, can we uh, get you film you um, riding tandem with Derek? Sean, can we? Uh, <laughs> we kept kind of asking her just just because we felt there's so much. Yes. And so in terms of like, okay, so we've like 50 hours because not only did we go to Sean's house, I think for five different days and then um, shooting all sorts of different things and also the families. Um, so once we got all of the footage out, we were... We went through each one, I think probably three times, each each file of uh, film, each uh, three times and labeled it. And then we started to kind of choose our favorite moments and then put it in a timeline. And we're like, well, this is just a mismatch of like, all sorts of sound bites. And it's like, it's not a story. And so um, uh, I have to say, babes, you're really, he, Jagger's a very talented editor. So he came in there and he just found the first the intro of the movie, which is also in the trailer, is basically saying what Sean was saying about um, just learning about her um, eye condition. And it was just like, why don't we just kind of hit the audience with the main reason and the issue? Because um, I think that's what's going to pull them in. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened is it pulled everybody in. And then that after we we got that initial soundbite, it just became like a, um, a waterfall in terms of being able to piece all the other elements together. Yeah, but Sean actually has a bigger story. We just took a little portion of her bigger story. Um, and and this is, like I said, our point of view in terms of what we thought were were key moments. What we thought, right? Not necessarily what Sean thinks. <laughs> this is our, our point of view. So, um, yeah. And that's kind of how we, we came to that. So in terms of what Jagger alluded to, when we, we gave the first cut, our mentor basically said, what is this? And she basically said it was garbage and I was freaked out. I thought, oh my gosh, do we have to give them back their money? <laughs> we just have to like, oh, I mean, I have to, I'm, basically I was scared. I thought, what are we doing? We have no idea. We're obviously new to this. We're new filmmakers in terms of the documentary. And for three weeks, day and night, every waking hour, we basically pieced together 
uh, I think eight different versions. And this is the final version that we thought was the best cut. Yeah. So was there, um, was there stuff that you really liked that you, that, that for whatever reason just wouldn't fit into the narrative? Like, is there stuff on the cutting room floor yeah. that you're just like, man, I wish, I wish we could have had this in, but we're just gonna have to wait for the through my eyes to the sequel. Yes. There's I think so it was many. that part, Rob, when, when I came into the boardroom and you said, hi, I'm sure that was like one of those moments. <laughs> yes. There, there's just a ton of shots of Rob that we, that, oh, you know, we couldn't put in, but we're going to put them in the next one. I, I tell you, when, when they, when they first told me they were going to put together the movie screening, I was just like, oh, please, I hope they didn't put that in there. Cause I was just like, that is the worst, that had to have been the worst thing ever put to film ever. Uh, anyways. So, the, so what happened is that Rob was waving at Sean. Why are you waiting? Oh dear! Oh dear! I, I Hi, Sean! A big wave. We there were times when we had to pretend to be natural, but it wasn't natural. So yeah, yeah. So for, I have two key moments, and this is for uh, Ginny and Sean. Sean, you you were saying in the uh, Q and A at the screening that you were like so glad we didn't put you getting ready. But there's a shot of, and that was unfortunately didn't make the the final cut of you straightening your hair and the uh, and you see look in the mirror and you're telling us about your day, and it was so fascinating. Our we that was when our first cut and our mentor hated everything but that moment. She goes, I love that you featured Sean getting ready and 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 she's doing it straightening her hair and she can't see but she's still getting ready. And she still cares about what she looks like. I said, oh yeah, that's really good, but unfortunately it just didn't fit this um final cut maybe we'll have a director's cut and then <laughs> Vinny had a moment where she actually wrote a poem oh cool um, yeah that's actually in our behind the scenes we kept it for the behind that, the okay Ginny's poem was in every revision of ours like it was like okay yeah. this poem is amazing Ginny is so talented like yeah. I'll just give you a quick rundown we're filming Ginny we've done the interview with her and her mom we're now filming what's called b-roll or pickup shots just shots of her doing her thing and Jenny was showing us some of her tools, one of her, you know, uh, typing tools. And she, we're like, we put her on the spot. We're like, Jenny, come up with a poem, whatever's on top of your head right now. Boom. She's like, really? And we're like, yeah. She's like, okay. She just comes up with this beautiful poem. It's like four sentences, but just super awesome. And we were like, both kind of as mouths were dropped. We're like, did you just really come up with that? She's like, yeah. And we're like, oh my God, it was, that's amazing. And unfortunately, didn't make it to the final video. Um, but yeah, good, good call on that one. It was, that, that was one of the top things for me. Yeah. So I'm curious to know about, particularly about filming during COVID. Um, how did that really impact the finished product, both, both positive or negatively? Um, and was there anything that you just, you, you really wish you could have done, but you just couldn't just because of COVID restrictions? Mm-hmm. Well, I have to say, Thank you, Sean and Ginny, for letting us into your homes during lockdown. <laughs> we said, okay, well, we're coming in. Um, so we were very strict. So Jagger and I were masked the whole time. We didn't, we, we don't go out at all. Like we work from home. So we made sure that we were safe. We were more concerned about um, our interviewees and they were comfortable, but we had to film them without their masks. So we made sure we were about six feet away as we were filming the whole time. But at the same time, we didn't, sometimes we were like, our, the angle didn't look good. <laughs> so we just had to kind of run with it. So that was kind of a bummer in terms of like being so far from our, um, the interviewees. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and another challenge is one of the challenges we wanted to get Alina swimming because she's a, she's, she loves swimming and we couldn't get that because we weren't allowed in the pools. So, yeah. One of the things that, that really stood out to me uh, about the documentary is you sort of talk with Sean and you also feature Alina, who's eight, almost nine, and Ginny. And it, what, what really struck me is it was interesting hearing those stories um, with people who are, are very much at different stages of their own journeys. Was that kind of, was that on purpose or did that just kind of happen organically? Well, I have to give the credit to Sean. Sean was the one that actually gave us the names. And she was like, these are the, she actually didn't really give us options. She's like, these are the people that will be in the documentary. And I have to say, she was part of the casting. She was casting for us. (laughs) Yeah. And I did think somebody who's younger, somebody who joined Blind Beginnings, like Jenny didn't come to Blind Beginnings until she was a teenager. So that experience is going to be different Mm -hmm. than someone who was with us from age two, Um, and you know, Alina's parents have been involved from day one, whereas Ginny sort of joined at the age when parents aren't necessarily involved. So there's differences. And I, there was a couple other families I suggested that, but just, just COVID and getting to people and different people live in different parts of the province. So, so, and I, you've kind of, I think you've already sort of kind of answered this, Sean, but I'll put this out to both you and Ginny, but how, how did it feel to kind of be at, at the center of things, you know, when you're, when you're filming? Um, and did it, did it, did you ever kind of feel uncomfortable in sharing your story and sharing sort of personal feelings and stories out there for everybody to see? Um, for me, I, I'm always worried about how my parents are going to feel about what I say. So that was kind of the main, the main, you know, I'm just, when I'm answering questions, like uh, they, they had no support and that's kind of the point. That's, that's like why I'm was so motivated to start blind beginnings and to provide support to families, because I recognize that my parents were kind of left to figure this out by themselves And because of that, you know, my journey was challenging. So, but I'd never want my parents to feel bad about that because it's really not their fault. So it's always tricky, that part of it. And it's a big part of my story. So yeah, that, those are the moments that I'm like, Ooh, and I guess also another one is at one point I, I, I was talking about the, the struggle of working and having a child and being torn and wanting to be in both places at once a lot. And, you know, so I I don't want my family to feel um, upset by anything that I say. So that's kind of always in the back of my mind, but honestly, the hardest, I guess the most embarrassing at one point, Jagger was giving me some feedback on, on raise your head. So we don't have a double chin situation. (laughs) And it made me really self-conscious of everything after that. I was like, looking up (laughs) so yeah how I look matters to me and not being able to see the final product is is a little bit like that makes me a little insecure not so much what I say but how I look (laughs) oh man that was like it was just our lighting that's all it was Sean it wasn't you it was our lighting (laughs) thank you Jagger I appreciate that (laughs) I don't know if I believe you but thanks for saying that I was thinking I couldn't come close to you. So our camera, we had to position in a really weird angle and we're like, oh man. So 
we want you to look good so that's why we're like okay we're giving you yeah no I'd rather you tell me (laughs) I do want to look good so but what about you Ginny um I definitely agree about the whole family and parent situation I actually reached out to Sean um as well because I was like that's always my fear when doing anything documentaries podcasts blog it's just um that fear you know you have like you want to be as honest and vulnerable as possible um but you have to also kind of walk that fine line as well um but I think other than that sharing the story wasn't kind of like the awkward bit for me I think it was the b-roll because uh you know at one point we're trying to film me doing a podcast and I had to kind of act like I was in a podcast when I wasn't so kind of that stuff more so was a bit awkward because it's not like actually was like acting, acting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I can relate to that. Look, I couldn't even say hello to Sean walking into a room properly. So <laughs> I, can, I can totally, it's hard. It's uh, acting's hard. I tell you, that's what I've learned. This whole yes. experience. Um, you know what? I want to, I want to kind of talk a little bit about something else, um, that, that maybe everybody here didn't necessarily have, have uh, much of a hand in, but I, I do have to say that I was really, really blown away by. And that's the, the fact that the documentary is audio described and descriptive video works, I have to say, once again, they did an incredible job um, of, uh, of describing it because as, as a sighted viewer, um, Within 25 seconds, I forgot that it was there. Like it was just, it was so well done and it really, it blends in to the whole experience so well that it's just, you, you don't even realize that it's happening. So I, I'm curious to, to know Jagger and Candice, like what, what were your feelings when you first saw the cut with the audio description? And what was, what was sort of the process? Like how, how closely did you have to work with descriptive video works in terms of, uh, you know, the, I know they have to write a script and, and stuff. Were you hands-on in the process at all? Or how did it all work? Yeah, that's a good question, Rob. Um, so I had no idea. So Sean connected us and they were really amazing to work with. So, so professional, so easy. Um, they basically got the very, very, very final cut and we had no time to turn it around. and said, basically, you have five days to turn it around because it's due to tell us <laughs> in like the end of the week. They're like, yeah, no problem. Just give us the files. We'll go through it. Within 48 hours, they gave us a script of what, um, and the time codes in terms of where they would have um, the video description inserted. And um, we just had to give them some like technical stuff, like the film in a certain format and the audio wave files. And they basically put it all together. Um, I did, they did, I was able to provide some feedback. I wanted some other things described, but they said, they were like, Kate, we're professionals on this and it's too tight. It's too, too much information to insert. And they were very, very, very great at selecting which um, areas to describe. And um, yeah, I, I have to say they're just wonderful to work with and, and so great in terms of how they actually do the video description. And I would, I, I mean, honestly, when I first saw it with it, I, you know, it's different because we saw it so many times without the video description. But when we saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, I hope it doesn't take it away from the viewer 
but after I've seen it a couple of times, it was just, yeah, seeing seamless for me. Oh, I got to jump in on this one. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I was, Candace is like, some was at arm's length from editing this at this point in time, right? This is like the final, final, final cut. In fact, we actually finished the video because we had deadlines for TELUS and they had to approve of things because their name is going to be associated with it. And so we had to wrap this thing up. And when you're editing a video, you're creating specific breaks in the video so the viewer's mind can digest the information they're hearing or seeing. And so there's specific breaks in this video um, to give the viewers those, those that little bit of breathing time. And that's what I'm thinking about when I'm editing the video. And, and that breathing time also can lead to emotion. It can lead to um, the transition to a next scene. And then when we put the descriptive audio to it, I soon realized that, man, there's a lot of stuff in this world that is done for people for different communities like so let's say the blind that's done as a bit of a last minute process like it's like it's done at the last minute so i think going into this in the future i would i would be planning for descriptive audio from the beginning yeah in fact i almost think that i would almost want to be and i know that you, can, you can't have a descriptive audio voice in there that's like adding to the emotion but at the same time as you got to think of where is the descriptive audio going to be and uh, how is it going to be just to give everyone the full experience right and that's what it, that's what it is as a filmmaker. I don't. We don't want to cater to one group and one group only. We want to. We want everyone to enjoy the experience. So um, when I watched it with descriptive audio, I was like a little taken back. I was like, oh man, it's too much information for people to digest. But Rob, like you said, a few minutes into it, and you kind of forget it's there. And um, in fact, you kind of end up going to love the descriptive audio guy's voice. You're like, I wonder what he's like. You know. <laughs> and, and, and Candace actually kind of said, it, I think isn't he blind himself? He is. You can do yeah. your next documentary on him. <laughs> yeah. So. Brandon, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that was just my take from the descriptive audio standpoint. I think wrapping it, wrapping yeah. up. I would, I would be planning for it in the future as an editor, um, and a, maybe a future director because Candace directed this one. Um, you know, and this is just a learning lesson that we both kind of learned going through it. Whoa, it's very, very good to know. I want to talk a little bit about the screening. Because I want to know what that experience was like for you guys. How did it feel to to be sitting there in a theater that was half full? Of course, we couldn't we couldn't fill it because of COVID, but a half full of people and hearing the the audience reactions to different parts. And I'll put this out to everybody. You know, were there were there any real surprises of how the audience reacted? Did they react in places that you didn't think they would? Or and and just like I don't know how did how did that feel? So I. At the screening was my first time actually seeing the film. Uh, apparently, people had seen it before, um, but I this was my first time. So I didn't know anything of what I had done, all my embarrassing moments, what has been included, what hasn't been included. And I actually didn't know, um, you know, what was included from Sean's point. So when I was watching it, it was kind of like a surprise for me as well. But I found that the audience definitely, there were some humorous bits in there that I feel like were left in there. And I kind of like that because the audience definitely had a couple chuckles. Um, and there was definitely a lot of those heartwarming moments um, people reacting to. Um, you know, Sean kind of um, as well, like moments of Sean just being Sean, eating with her family just things that I didn't expect in the film and that people were actually reacting to because it kind of added more to it. So I, yeah, I had watched it 
a couple times before actually. And in the theater, first of all, the best part was because the first time we watched it was at my house and with, with some other people in the room and, you know, people are kind of, there's a little bit of chitter chatter going on and I just want to hear every single breath of the movie. Right. I want to, I want to hear everything. (laughs) And so I was frustrated a little bit at times because I just wanted people to be quiet. So in the theater, everybody's quiet. It was awesome. It was so cool to be in a theater and see yourself on the big screen, hear yourself, whatever. Um, at one point I made a joke about my husband was talking about how I work a lot. And I said, I'm just trying to change the world. And it was meant to be a joke, but I wasn't sure if it came across that way, because when I, I mean, it's not a joke, actually, I am trying to change the world, but I sort of said it in a, you know, sarcastic sort of jokish kind of way. Um, hoping I was hoping it would be interpreted as that I was being funny and people did laugh. So that for me was like, Oh, good. That landed. That's how I meant it. So yeah, it was great. It was great to hear people's reactions, but what about you guys, Candace Jagger? What was it like for you watching everybody watch it? Well, first of all, I just want to say the screening itself coming in red carpet splayed out. Sean's there to greet everybody. We got to have a photo op with her was so magical. I thought, oh my gosh, this is real. Like it felt so great um, to come in there with just all the glitz and glamour that you guys put out was awesome. And then to go in there with a glass of wine and enjoy (laughs) the film. It was so surreal. It felt like I had goosebumps. It was like a dream come true. Um, it was, I, I don't know. I, I We sat in the peanut gallery in the back because we really wanted to hear and see everybody's reaction from the back. And honestly, I, I think I had tears in my eyes. Like in the beginning, I said, I can't believe this is happening. And it just was so great to be able to, yes, watch it and witness everyone's reaction. And I think with your, your line about just trying to change the world, I, I knew from the very beginning, when you you said it at that moment, I go, babe, this is like going to be in the final, final, because <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> and um, yeah, those moments really, because um, as as filmmakers and as, as we edit this, you know, we hope it will land. And to know that it did, it just makes it so satisfying. Yeah. It was definitely, and um, you forgot Rob was in a suit too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rob looked dapper. He was in a suit That's greeting right. everyone too as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> to make up for my but, um, film appearance. Yeah, no, it looked really good. The whole just to see, um, you know, and, and just hear how everyone was so proud. The whole Blind Beginnings team was proud. And then I think one of the key moments is when we saw Sean's cousin Natalie walking in, and it was like, whoa, Natalie's here. Like she came all the way from like Vancouver Island, which you know, requires to take a ferry and some transport. And then Sean's grandfather, Sean's grandfather, who's 90, was there. And he, this guy looks like he, um, he could be easily 65. Like, he <laughs> is just a, a strong, like, old-school farmer-type guy, just wicked. And, uh, yeah, to see everyone there so proud, that was like, oh, my God. I, I was, like, ready to cry there. And then right at that very moment, Candace and I turned around, and we saw, like, our movie poster blowing up and put on the wall. And it was like, no, it was just like, <laughs> this is emotion overload. It's so cool. And, and just, we were just so proud. Mm-hmm. I have to say both my parents separately told me that they really wanted to um, 
talk to you. So my mom met you at the retreat, like the retreat you guys came to, but she's like, is that the couple from the retreat afterwards? I'm like, yes. And so she's like, oh, I should have, I wanted to talk to them. And my dad said he wanted to thank you because you did such an amazing job. And they, they just both had to rush off when it was over. So they both loved it. And like, that's, I don't know. I just, I'm so relieved, but just thank you. <laughs> oh, I have a question for Ginny. Ginny, your mom is like so humble, but you can tell like the moment we met her, she's such a loving mom. And like, you can tell like the, the bond between Ginny and her mom is very unique and it's very special. Like as filmmakers, Candace and I picked it up right away, but she's also very humble, like I said. So what, what was her reaction, Ginny? Like what was, what was her whole thing oh. about it? Um, yeah, she really enjoyed it. Uh, she was kind of shy. She, you know, I remember when we were filming, she's like, I, I don't know if I should speak about the photos that, you know, we were showing you guys because she was worried a bit about her English. But, um, yeah, like she she definitely is really grateful to, to Blind Beginnings. And, in fact, actually, when we were leaving, she's like, oh, I really want to talk to Candace and Jagger again. And, but you guys were uh, chat uh, chatting to some other people after the Q&A, so we also had to rush off. But yeah, she said that as well, just like Sean's parents did too. Yay, that's so great. Honestly, I think one of, so we were worried about, okay, my main concern when making the film, like who do we want? Who do, the reactions? My main reaction was Sean. Does Sean, is Sean okay with the movie? So that was the first person that was really important. The second was obviously all the interviews. So Jenny, Maria, Alina. And then after that were your parents. <laughs> and actually, I didn't even, at this point, I wasn't even really that concerned about TELUS in terms of what they, just as long as we were able to provide the right format and what they needed. But in terms of what they thought of it, I'm like, this is an artistic point of view. Ultimately, is about our perspective, but most importantly, the um are people that were interviewing that making sure that they feel that they were represented properly. I think that was the, the biggest and most important thing for us. Okay. So, and let me pose this to, to the entire group too. So what is everybody's hope for the project and what do you really want the audience to walk away with? Um, so one thing that I definitely hope people will take away from this project is Kind of there's shifting of perspective of blindness. So even throughout the documentary, we see um, you know that that perspective of grief and how how it changes and how it was turned into something beautiful, um, and then how Blind Beginnings was born. So I kind of really hope that people will kind of see that reflected in themselves. Of you know when you have something that you think is challenging or you think is maybe not the best outcome or scenario, that it just might lead to something else that can help other people. So relating to things, and there's a reason when you get somewhere, you might be using that. Well, I hope that Blind Beginnings becomes more of you know, a household name. That would, that would be the dream. So the more people that can see this, the more people who will know what who we are and what we are and why we exist and the work that we do um i think for me it's always about the parents who unexpectedly have found themselves raising a child with a visual impairment 
um, realizing that it, it, there is hope and it's going to be okay. And yeah, just like seeing the future, seeing the limitless possibilities for their child. That's always at the heart of everything that I do really is, is wanting people to recognize that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I feel those things that what Sean and Ginny said, and then to add, um, Sean, you said something that was really interesting. It's like, you know, people in all of us, doesn't matter if you have a disability or not, you have something that you think is different or unique to yourself and you are ashamed by it. Some, you know, some, some of us, so most of us are, and we just don't want to share that. But because of that difference and that uniqueness is actually what makes you interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, um, that resonated with me when you said that, because um, people want to know not only about your story, but, you know, because you're blind and what that's what makes you interesting you know you you might have been ashamed about that when you're younger but as you grew into yourself and 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 learned more about yourself that's that's now your almost like a a strength a strength Mm -hmm. another thing that it just it feels more I hope this film has an evergreen um long-lasting reach in terms of having that that statement that you also said Sean about um the journey from grief to acceptance is bumpy and everybody has a different way of dealing with, um, you know, a circumstance or a new a news that they've learned about themselves, but to know that there's lots of resources out there that can help. And it's not about just taking it in and holding it within yourself, but actually reaching out and seeing how others and other organizations can help. And you're not alone in this journey. And I think as, as, uh, as parents of, of Cassius who, who is, uh, has some, some eye disabilities. When we, when we first learned of whatever he had at the time, we did, actually didn't know and neither did the doctors. So we needed somewhere to go and somewhere to turn to and people that, that we could believe in and trust. And luckily enough, we found Blind Beginnings with Sean. And if this movie, I'm, I'm actually envisioning someone watching this movie, like a, a mom and a dad or a dad and dad, whatever it may be, whoever is watching this movie is at a point in their lives where they really need some help and they need some guidance or inspiration. And I'm just hoping that this might, help ease their ease their way into the whatever chapter they're going into next that would be amazing if that if this video could do that for somebody else like had Candace and I had this video to watch you know mm. uh two years ago it, it might have helped us out a bit more you know what I, I have to say this because it just today I got an email from a vision teacher who's working with a six-year-old who has retinitis pigmentosa and um vision's still pretty good but he was asking for some resources and i actually said you got to you got to like get the family to watch this <laughs> screening we're going to be doing a virtual viewing i'm giving i'm giving it away early here rob but um october 14th people can tune in on zoom and watch the documentary and i actually sent him the information and the link to the website because imagine somebody with my eye condition, parents of a six-year-old who's, you know, going to follow. I was diagnosed when I was five. So we were like, right. It just really hit me. And it's a little girl. I don't know. I just thought, oh, this is so perfect that I have this resource to, to give to this family. So exactly what you're saying, Jager. Yay. That's awesome. (laughs) And can I also say the, the blind beginnings community is super fun. Like like so many of my family members have joined in on the, on the, on our, you know, the fundraisers and the events that you guys organize, like for example, the trivia night mm-hmm. you had it, did you had it through zoom through digital and you had it in person and at a, at a venue. 
and both were so much fun. Like everybody had a blast, you know, everyone's telling jokes. It, it was just silly. It's just a good, warm hearted community. And it's just, I love it. Like I'm, I feel it's like such a, I think anybody would want to be a part of this. Any one of your events or any sort of things uh, in it for the future. Oh, thanks. I agree, but I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> Phew, man. Yeah. And I mean, I have to say, I have to put my two cents in too, because, you know, it's, uh, you know, and I've watched it a, a few times. And what really strikes me about it that I think really makes it special is that um, th the more repeated watchings you have, the more the you, you key in on different things that are being said in different stories. And all of them are sort of equally poignant and, and really meaningful. And I think that they really, it speaks beyond sort of the, the blindness community and, and the blindness component of it to just like, of, of just being human and, and making a journey, like, like Sean says in documentary, and, and like Candace mentioned, the, the journey from grief to acceptance is bumpy. Um, to me, like the first time I watched it, I remember I really keyed in on that line and, and it really spoke to me um, personally as well. And I think that that's the real magic of, of documentaries like this is that it, it just it speaks to everybody a little bit differently and it helps them out in their own journeys, whatever that journey might be at the time. So. Uh, guys, congratulations on it. It, it. It's an amazing documentary. You guys did an amazing job. And I'm really, really excited about more people seeing it. Yes. Thanks, Rob. Thank you. <laughs> and more people can see it on October 14th at 7 p.m. And there's information on the Blind Beginnings website, blindbeginnings.ca. It's only $10 to join us on Zoom. You can have as many people as you want in your home to watch. <laughs> well, you know, following COVID protocols, of course. Uh, <laughs> and we are going to have a Q&A following. So if you watch it and then have some questions, you'll be able to ask questions of, I think, all of us. And um, probably Maria and Alina as well, I hope. So yeah, please, please, please check it out. It's really good. Yeah, and see, me and Sean didn't even didn't rehearse that even. That was that I was know great. it just felt way like to, the right way to time. go. Yeah, that was great. Excellent. Good yeah, job. It I actually just I wanted to say a shout out to a few few people. Basically, one person is um, it's um, Amon Gill. Yes. Um, Candice. Yeah. So when Sean initially gave us the list of people she thought would be great to, to feature, um, Amon was one of the first people we reached out to, and. We had an amazing interview with her. In fact, it was so good. And she was so patient with us in answering our questions and just us kind of stumbling through the initial documentary process. Um, and she, we ended up, she's actually a singer-songwriter, which this is the amazing part of it. She's a singer-songwriter and, and her music is amazing. And uh, she was just so awesome. It kind of gave us that little bit of confidence needed to kind of like, all right, this is working. Let's, let's, uh, let's interview people this way in this format. And let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's base our interviews in this, our, our film shoots in this kind of way going forward and she was so patient so i just want to give a shout out to her uh some of the, the footage that we shot didn't actually make it in the video because we ran out of time really and um but we used her song at the very end of the video and she was so like she was just very very generous with her time and, and, and her music and her art yeah i felt bad because the the audio description sort of covers up her song at the end 
which mm-hmm. I mean, it's nice that it's, yeah, I wouldn't want it to not be there, but I just, I was almost like, can we play the song a second time without so that everyone can hear it? Yeah. <laughs> Cause it is, she has the uh, oh, amazing voice. She's a beautiful singer. Well, thank you everybody for joining us for this episode. It has been fabulous. And please, please check out Through My Eyes on October 14th. You've been listening to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. If you have a question, a comment, a future topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Share our podcast with a friend, like, subscribe, and join us next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow. Production and audio editing by Rob Minot. For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted, along with their families, visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca and also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next time.